It's just after ten past ten. Good morning to Steve Vines. Good morning. I want to start off with a quote, if I may. No. Apropos nothing. Right. No one would have believed in the early years of the 21st century that this world was being watched keenly and closely by intelligence greater than a man's and yet as mortal as his own. That as men busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinised, studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinise the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. I got that out of the Oriental Daily. Can I just say that's enough about CY Lane? (laughs) Let's talk about me. What was it then? Um, right, now, where were we? Uh, <laughs> big, big Brother. Big Brother. Well, well, Big Brother, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, if you read the English language media, you won't be very well informed about it. There has been this massive, massive cyber attack on the um, publications of the Next Media Group, which, of course, includes Next, the magazine, Apple Daily, and various other magazines. And, of course... There has been uh, equally large, but the sites aren't that big, yeah. attack on the Occupy Central referendum website, which they've been testing this week. They people always get wallops, say, though, don't they, unfortunately? People say that this sort of thing is illegal. Who knew? You certainly wouldn't know it by listening to Hong Kong government officials, because although they've been jumping up and down almost on a daily basis, yeah. I think I'm going to strike out the word almost and just say on a daily basis about how worried they are about Occupy Central, which in case, and this is fresh in this news, in case you haven't heard, hasn't actually happened, <laughs> but who knew? Um the, they are every day telling us this is illegal, the law must be upheld in Hong Kong. But when you have this enormous, and it, I, I'm, these are matters where hyperbole has no place, these are enormous attacks on these um, sites coming from thousands of different sources, mm-hmm. obviously coordinated, mm-hmm. and people say, I wonder where that comes from, and they tend to swivel their heads they- in a northerly direction as they say that. Not a word, not a word has been said by any official, this is illegal, this undermines the reputation of Hong Kong. But think about it. Here you have a situation where Hong Kong sets out its stall to be an international business centre, Asia's weird city or world city, whatever it's called, etc. Takes your breath away. Takes your breath away, act now. (laughs) 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 Etc. But you're, you're in a situation where so much business is conducted over the internet and the Hong Kong government is virtually saying... Oh, oh, yes, go on, sorry, I know where you're going here. The Hong Kong government is saying, well, yeah, but, you know, um, there's good internet and bad internet and these people are very, very bad so they can expect what's coming to them. Well, you know, it's a bit like being pregnant. You can't be semi-pregnant and you can't have semi-rule of law. So if you don't believe in equal application of the rule of law, you don't believe in the rule of law. Those are the pillars of Hong Kong crashing down around your shoulders. People say, oh, oh, why are you making such a fuss about this? Because it's big. It's very big. I, I'm quite aware that readers of the English language media won't realise how big it is, but this is an enormous thing that's going on right at the moment. Somebody, and I'm looking up as we speak to find out who it was, used the old, the old chestnut of blah, 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 will damage Hong Kong's economic progress. Well, if, if crippling all sorts of websites in a big economic place like Hong Kong yeah. doesn't rec- ruin Hong Kong's economic progress, yeah. then what I does? I mean, you know, I mean, people 
locate businesses here because of the rule of law. Yeah. They locate um, listed companies here. And remember, incidentally, Next Media Group is a listed company because they don't think that when they come to Hong Kong they have to factor in political considerations. Yeah. This is something businesses don't like. They like to be in a place where the government and the judiciary say, oh, we really don't care what you think. The important thing is you obey the rule of law. So when you put that in question, and this is being put in question big time, and when you see government officials just silent on this matter... Not a sausage. Not a, not a, not a whimper. All these, you know, stout-hearted defenders of the basic law and all these rather... I'm going to be unpleasant now, but hey, it's that time of day. Large people with brush-over haircuts who, who occupy television screens going, rule of law, rule of law, <laughs> very important um, for some people. Pragmatic. You, you can't expect people who are against the government to have the law applied to them. Well, actually, you can. That's the name of the game. That's why in societies that flourish, people who challenge the government are not outlaws. This is the whole point. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's sort of kiddie ABC all over again. But here we are. One of the side products of this, and it will be a very big side product of this, is I think people are so incensed now by these sort of attacks, by the um, State Council's white paper last week, etc., that what I thought was going to be a rather tepid, lacklustre response to this call for referendum, I think will be much bigger. You know, I think people just don't like it. Most people in Hong Kong, which excludes government officials, understand what this is all about, and they are very, very annoyed. Very annoyed! Yes! Yes! <laughs> I'm inter do you know when people talk about disruptive media, disruptive practices, so something's going along really nicely, something comes along to paradigm game-change it, like, yeah. like the iPhone, etc., etc. Well, uh, the disruptive um, influence here for the guys who are doing all this stuff is, in fact, social media, Twitter and Facebook. And there was a fellow on from Apple Media, uh, Next Media this morning on Backchat saying, firstly, that they had found these things came from uh, China and America. Mm. But secondly, he was also encouraging people, use Facebook, use Twitter. That's your disruptive element to people who are trying to put the lid on them. Yeah. I mean, there are, you, you know, for every, for every hacker... There's a counter-hacker. For every invasion of privacy and attack on the web, there's a counter to it. Yeah. So it's not as though everybody's helpless. But what is being done is undoubtedly illegal. What is being done undermines, seriously undermines, the integrity of Hong Kong as a place of free speech and rule of law. Yeah. So, you know, um, by all means, seek ways around this. But on the other hand... Don't don't be casual. Don't just shrug it off and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, what do you expect? What do you expect is the road to ruin. It really is. It's that very long, slippery slope. You have said several times on this programme the thing that really turns your stomach are basically the Hong Kong bootlickers. It's yeah. not necessarily the brothers with the, the cards mm. up, up north, because they are what they say on the tin, yeah. but it's the people here. And th the reason I bring this up is because you're saying today... No, no statements about how despicable this is to, to Hong Kong's equilibrium. It, it, it's the bootlickers, and the bootlickers exist inside and outside the government. But in government, you have a particular responsibility to uphold rule of law. You, you know, this whole thing is, I disagree, what he I disagree with what he says, but I'll fight to the death to give him the right to say it. That principle applies here. 
I, I mean, you know, I'm fortunate enough, as, as many people are, to come from a society where that particular subject just isn't in debate because it's so widely accepted. You don't have to have a debate, oh, should people really be allowed to say everything they think? Well, not everything they think, but, you know, yeah. if, it's, if it's opposition to the government, that seems to me a perfectly valid thing to allow people to say. Give me a journalism lesson. I've got a question for you here, and it's puzzled me time and time again. Any time anybody of any note has a tidbit to chuck out there, it becomes news. Regina says something, it's news. Uh, Rita Fan said something, oh, I don't think this is connected to X, Y, and Z. It becomes news. You've got these guys here, the silent majority for Hong Kong, talking about catastrophic this, that, and the other. Is that really news? And what qualifies them to put their hand up, squawk, and get in the news? Well, I'm always... Like, that I'm means always, you and I'm, I could, I'm but always, we don't. I'm always am amused by the, the title of this organisation. On the one hand, they should do what it says on the tin. And do a bit but, of a John Cage well, no, no, and I'm say no, nothing. I'm just saying, silent seems to me to be a word that has a meaning. It used to when I was, uh, when I was a lad. Exactly. Majority, now there's a big claim. Prove it. Now, exactly, prove it. I don't think the majority of people agree with this mob. There, there are certainly people so who what, agree so, with So them. why are our colleagues, I'm curious well, now, I think you, you know, putting I, them I, in the I, news? I, no, I think that's fair enough. I mean, they, they, they hold a little press conference and people go along and report it. I, I don't, it feels some uh, lines. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I do have a problem with the claim of majority because every way they've tried to do this, they still can't find a way of producing any kind of convincing evidence that the majority of people are not in favour of genuine universal suffrage. And th there was a very interesting poll the other week by a new organisation, and new organisations seem to come up in Hong Kong like Milky Bars. There's hey, lots. I'm not dissing Milky Bars, I do want you to know that. They're on me. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they're like Milky Bars. And um, this, this particular poll said that a majority, it wasn't a particularly big majority, but a majority of people would be, hap not happy, would be prepared to settle for second best, i.e. if there was a screening mechanism in place for the election of the chief executive, but nonetheless people were allowed to vote. And I think that reflects what I call a sensible pragmatism among Hong Kong people, is they're saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll grab at anything that's some kind of progress, but... That doesn't mean... I mean, this is the corollary which these silent people, these very noisy silent people, <laughs> would like us to believe in. That doesn't mean that those people see it as an end point. They go, all right, that's the stepping stone, we'll take that stepping stone. But unlike you bogus Democrats, we don't really regard that as anything like being the end of the journey. We just regard that as getting the ticket at the station. We've still got to actually get on the train and do the journey. So I understand why this poll said what it said, because I do think that people in Hong Kong realise that maybe to get to the final destination, you have to go through the very, very slow route. Yes. But the point is, they do want to get to the final destination. They don't want to still be standing on the platform with the silent majority boys and all the other apologists yep. who, you know, who are clapping like mad about this wonderful white paper that was issued by the State Council last week, including the Law Society. Who praised the Communist who, who, Party who, who, for that. Who's, who's uh, Mr. Lau, uh, Ambrose Lau, I think I've got his name right, I try and 
forget it. Um, no, no, he's a fine fellow. That's what his mother says. Um, who, 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 who go on the radio to tell the world that, that, that they think that basically the Communist Party of China has done a wonderful thing. It's an interesting statement for the chairman of the Law Society to be making about a party that... that Did he do it in English or Cantonese? Cantonese. But it's about a party that um, regards the law which he's... Um, presumably, and I have to say presumably because who knows, um, sworn because they do actually swear an oath on these things to uphold, is described in Marxist literature as bourgeois law of, of no, no, no relevance to the masses. Thank God I'm not a member of the masses, otherwise that would be awful. Let's look at this. I mentioned that one because there was a bit of a hoo-ha recently when this guy refused to answer a question in English, remember? Yes. I've yes. already told you in Cantonese. Yes, yes. Um, Let's look at this title. Silent Majority for Hong Kong. It's not Silent Majority of Hong Kong. <laughs> that means we are representing you. We are electing ourselves to represent you because well, we I, say we I'm, are. I'm, I'm suspicious of anybody who claims to be speaking on behalf of the people. Whether they're the, and when they say that they're the silent majority, of course, you know... That, that, that gets even worse. But, <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, there's all manner of... of, of um, I was going to say something rude, but, of course, that doesn't happen on this programme. It's all right. All sorts of jolly, unfine chaps all around the world who crop up saying, I speak on behalf of the majority of the people. I know what the people think. I mean, there's this ghastly character who, who, who you know, if you ever saw him going into a lift, you'd certainly wait for the next one in Britain called Nigel Farage. He's Farage, Who forever I mean, says, I speak on behalf of all the people of Britain when I say. And I'm thinking... Mm, you certainly speak for some people. Dislike. You certainly speak for some people, but you don't speak for me, mate. There is an amazing... <laughs> There is an amazing short YouTube clip of Nigel Farage being interviewed outside a tube station in London. Uh, and some, some bloke, some geezer, just is going into the tube station. He clocks the fact that it's Nigel being interviewed and he walks past the camera and does a up and down wrist motion, to, you know, into the camera honestly, and then just walks off. I've no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> I think it could be rude. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. But anyway, look, let's get back to being vaguely yeah. serious for a second. Yeah. No, the, I think the, this is actually serious. The real, the real silent majority of Hong Kong are the ones who are silent because they can't afford to be much else and they live not too far here. You, you walk around you know, Yamade, yeah. Mong Kok, all the, these are the real but, majority. But, see, but what I really dislike about these people, among other things, but what I really dislike about them is this patronising attitude that the average Hong Kong person doesn't care. They say, oh, they no, care, no, all right, but they more, care about more other important things. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people here are not stupid and they realise that there is a connection between autocratic government and lack of care for the grassroots people. Because, of course, when you have a government, as you've had in Hong Kong throughout its history, of an elite, mm -hmm. guess what? The elite tend to look after themselves by and large. Day it is. It was Steve Vines on the Morning Brew. I've got two or three emails and bits and pieces to get into. It's morningbrew at rthk.hk. And, of course, check out our Morning Brew Facebook page. Something to come back to in a second, Steve. Uh, I've got a message here from Lizzie who says, what's your take on David Cameron's uh, joint declaration with the Chinese on Hong Kong? Uh, come back to that one, because that's big news. Some people are just saying total sellout. What about the white paper? Uh, let's go to an email from Chris, who 
wrote to us a few minutes ago. He says, good morning, gents. Have the radical pan-Democrats shot themselves in the foot with their participation, <coughs> participation in the violence at LegCo? Uh, new territories, villages are behaving as usual, says, says Chris. Uh, they've always been violent in their protests against the government resumption of lands for building new towns, Shartin, Tunman, Fanling, etc., and have always settled for more money in the end. This is a long-standing tactic for them. However, by jumping on the bandwagon and espousing violence and radical pan, the radical pan-Democrats have exposed themselves themselves to justify criticism and are well on the way to losing public sympathy. It is trite but true that the ordinary Hong Kong citizen does not want to see violence and will react adversely to those seen to be organising it. On the other hand, are the radical pan-democrats really working for Beijing, says Chris. I love listening to you, Chris. I, I, I always question this word radical. I, I always say I've had more radical Monday evenings, but that's just <laughs> details. Go on, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I... I I would, God, there's a lot in there, which uh, in my mind needs a bit of disentangling. New territories, boys, business as well, usual. I, I don't, you know, this is really, really unfair. These are not the normal suspects from the new territories, and he's he's very, very wrong to say that. The group who organised this is not the Hung Yi Cook. Let's be very clear about that. These are the usual suspects who, who turn up and, and walk away with the money in their back pockets. These are not those people at all. They don't, in fact, stand to gain any money from resisting uh, this development in the Northeast New Territories. So that, I think, is, is unfair. Are there people in there who aren't as charming as you know mr mr charming from down the road yeah possibly i mean you know we're not choosing people to join protests for their very nice social manners then you come to the question of the democrats or the radical democrats as he calls them well you well, know, that's what they're commonly yeah, but called he, but, you but know but yeah. the interesting thing is now and there's more and more polling data, particularly from the um, Baptist Youth Transition Project, which in fact says that these people at the, at the, if you like, the radical end of the democratic movement, in fact, are gaining support by the extreme nature of their views and their actions. And they're gaining support from one constituency, which is an important one in Hong Kong, which is the age group of, of around 20 to 30. So mm -hmm. these, are, these are people of voting age, but they're young. And they are very attracted to this. Why are they very attracted to this? Because they're very angry. So he says, oh, they're losing all support. It, it, it's simply not true. They're not. I mean, I personally don't agree with it, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not somebody in the 20 to 30 age group and haven't been there for quite some time, actually. Um, but, you, you look wonderful. But, you know, but these are very angry people. Very angry people. So and, it's natural and, that it's all going to homogenise, right? this sort of, you know, these demonstrations get out of hand. I do take his point, though, that in some ways they are playing into the hands of the anti-Democrats because they say, oh, if you have encountered democracy in Hong Kong, all you'll get is chaos. Yeah, I understand that, and it's, it's not good. But be very careful in saying that the actions of people who are getting very, very annoyed and are getting out of control are losing support for the radical Democrats. In fact, those three parties now that he's talking about, or possibly more if you include all the fringe groups clustered around them, are actually gaining support in Hong Kong. They're not gaining majority support. They're not part of the silent majority, which we've heard so much of recently, but certainly before the break. Um, but they are gaining support. Do you know what? Dirt, wake up. 
you've said that there's been no official word or some uh, about the the big cyber attack. The, the, well, they've arrested a 15 year old kid for doing how to how to stomp stomp up Ledgeco. Yes, yeah, isn't that extraordinary? I they, just remember they that. seem to be able to catch on to that, and the police seem to be able to act with amazing rapidity. But this is what you call selective political application of the law, and that's a very, very slippery slope. All right, let's go to an email here from Bowen. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Busy boy, this lad. He said, when the Chinese use the phrase (coughs) rule of law, what's meant is rule of law against the adversaries as interpreted by the executive branch of the government. For the executive branch, read the entire government, including all possible branches. Maybe that is what is called rule by law, says Bowen. Gosh, let me work that one out. Yeah, I mean, there is a there is a very big problem. And and this is why you don't have, um, how can I put it? You don't have a very coherent response to the State Council's white paper because it's starting from entirely different premises. Their premise is that judges, and they say it in the white paper, you know, mm. judges are just administrators like everyone else. The independent judiciary is not a concept which exists in the Chinese system. So they say, well, hang about, why are you muttering on about this in Hong Kong? Yeah. We, we, we don't want that there. It's not going to work in Hong Kong. So there is a conceptual problem. And I, I do think genuinely they don't get it. They don't get how serious it is to say that ju- judges are on an absolute par with other members of the administration. Well, if that is so, of course, they couldn't possibly um, judge members of the administration, if they, um, while in office or out of office, it doesn't matter, um, committed illegal acts. So, you know, in the Chinese system, you go to court and you're guilty. It's, it's kind of simpler. And I understand that. And that's very nice. But you're guilty. And, before, and it's, you're guilty. Yeah, you're guilty. You stand <laughs> in the dock. He's accused of this. He's guilty. And sometimes trials last as long as a whole day after the evidence How hasn't very far been near produced. Yeah, I know. I know. It's very so, interesting. you know, I mean, this is why we... we us idiots who thought that one country, two systems actually meant one country, two systems yeah. are so severely disappointed by this because they're basically saying, yeah, two systems, well, two systems is very nice and we like it, and we hear what you say, but it's only two systems as far as we permit the other system to operate. A whole lot of stuff has been kicking off in the past there is. couple of weeks and it's just, it's just lump it all together. We are two weeks well no yeah a couple of weeks off july 1st yes and i think this year um if you if you wanted to be a recruiting sergeant for um july 1st what you definitely do is do all the things that the chinese government have been doing what the hong kong government's doing i anticipate that the july the first rally this year will be very large indeed it definitely could be but once again we know we don't have a crystal ball unlike people who think <laughs> Occupy Central, which doesn't exist in anything more than yeah. on paper at the moment. Yeah. It, it definitely could be. And I have heard, um, you know, a couple of very well-known China, China geezers saying that there's a big possibility that it could be a very eventful day. Well, I mean, there's always dangers. There are always dangers. There are agents provocateurs, and I don't think that there's any doubt about that any longer. I am very convinced that some of these radical groups are infiltrated by people who are only there to stir up trouble and not for the right reasons, so there's that danger. Mm-hmm. There's the danger of the police who are increasingly acting in a, in a provocative and aggressive way, instead of you know responding to events, initiating events. There's the danger of that happening. And there is the danger, of course, that there simply will be so many people there on July 1st that it will be a crowd that's very hard to control. What's been amazingly impressive 
about large demonstrations in Hong Kong, in my experience, over over um, around three decades, yeah. have been how orderly they've been, even when they've been very, very big indeed. So I, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. You of admit course, it, you see. That's all you need to do. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm at the school of... Mystic Meg. I'm still at the school of... <laughs> it's much easier make, to make predictions after things have happened. Well, this, this goes back to my query about what journalists can and can't or should or shouldn't. I'm very interested in this stuff. These people make these huge statements... Yeah. And you know what I'm trying to say is where does the line come between, yes, you're quite well known, but are you giving us news? Yeah, it's quite true. It, 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 there isn't a textbook for that. No. There just ain't. You know, I mean, is, is, is it news that, that so-and-so is having an affair, X is having an affair with Y, or is that their private business? It, I mean, all of these things are, you, you know, go to one of those ghastly journalism schools to discuss it. But the reality is, I suppose, the bottom line of news is news is what people want to hear, want to read. Absolutely. Uh, just thinking, that thing I started off with was a few lines from War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Yeah. And just top of the head, remember, Orson Welles did that Mercury Theatre of the Air and he had America in trepidation because they really thought the aliens had landed because he said it on the air. They did. And well, he was telling that, a story. That, that was, well, you're talking about this famous broadcast yes, by, by Orson Welles, where, where people was literally running into the streets in panic. Um, but see, you see, nowadays you don't get that <laughs> Go sort with me of, on this. Nowadays <laughs> you don't get that sort of thing. We're all frightfully sophisticated, um, right. um, etc. Let's go yeah. to Lizzie's query here. There's a thing in the SCMP saying, irresponsible, quote, British Prime Minister Cameron slammed for not standing up for Hong Kong. Lizzie wants to know, what, uh, what's your take on the whole thing? Well, we, what she's talking about is the aftermath of the visit by Li Keqiang, um, China's premier, which has just ended. Actually, he's on his way to Greece. He's he's he's, he's in With search a of a full he's of in search of a kebab. That boy. Um, I, there's a number of things here. Which which one is which I, really amuses me is uh, you know I think you don't need to be a, a genius to work out. Li Keqiang is not the head of state. He's the head of government, but. One of the conditions for him going to Britain was that he met the head of state, Her Majesty the Queen. And had a pork pie. And had a pork pie with her. Well, you know, it is interesting how these communist leaders are so obsessed with status. Yeah, it's true, and, actually. And they must want, go and see the Queen. You must go and see the Queen. You know, I've gone all the way to London. You know, I'm on an away day. I've got, I've got the ticket in my pocket. And you're seriously expecting me just to go and see that, what's his face, uh, Cameroon or Cameroon? <laughs> and he's got... A, Something beginning with C, anyway, and, whatever and, it is. Do you know this? Again, this is exclusive news, which which comes to listeners today <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> He's got a tiny little office at Number Ten Downing Street. He hasn't even got a great big it's palace. A, it's a terrace house. <laughs> it, it, it's quite big at the back, but I never know. mind. <laughs> it is indeed a terrace house in Downing Street. So you know, I mean, where's the prestige in that? Not a lot. So they get they they go and have their talks and and um, and Cameron in that rather suave way he says you know deals worth millions of millions of pounds have been signed well no they haven't really they've all sort of been agreed beforehand but never mind it, it's all past the etta the the thing um, in question is the statement the very anodyne statement that came on on the at the end of these talks which was indeed at a press conference where both sides said, oh, yes, they're very concerned about the future of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And Britain didn't say anything about whether they had any concerns about the implementation of the Joint Declaration, which is, indeed, it's a treaty. You know, a treaty, when I was a lad, was considered quite a serious document. You make an agreement, two major states, Britain and 
People's Republic of China made an agreement about the future of Hong Kong. Yeah. Britain, as one of the signatories, has a certain obligation to see that that um, uh, treaty is upheld, which is one of the reasons why instead they issue these very, very anodyne six-monthly reports on implementation of the One Country, Two Systems process. And, you know, every now and again it says, oh, well, you know, I say, slightly worrying this. But on the whole, everything, steady as she goes. Yes, Minister. So... I'm not greatly disappointed, I'm, because my expectations are so low, but I'm not greatly disappointed by the fact that, that, that Cameron didn't stick his neck out for Hong Kong. I, I wish there was an appetite in Britain, which there palpably isn't, for people to say we must make sure this treaty is implemented in a way that ensures that the one country, two systems principle is upheld. But if anybody's looking to Britain to do that, I suggest... Take Forget a sleeping pill. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't wake up for a very long time. It's disappointing, and I, I know I shouldn't be so cynical, but I am. I'll tell you, I've just something hot off the press here. Gosh. I have the long hair. Is is being allowed to do Facebook, or or, or somebody's doing it for him? Well, he's he, short hair now. He's, he's just put yeah, short hair. He's just popped up a thing here. It's a big picture of the new territories because we were talking about that. Yes, and there's a picture of C Y Leung, and it says basically uh, C Y Leung says the the new towns. They can't move Fanling Golf Course <laughs> because well, of think, all the development and stuff. Uh, can we be fair? There's some very important people who are well, members of that th- club. I think that's can we be old, fair? Call me can, we be, can we try and be objective about this? I think that's what he might be getting yes, at here. I think he might. Be. I, I very much doubt that's long here. I don't think your average oh, he does. He does. cellmate he, is allowed access to the internet. Well, I don't know because it's on his anyway. It's interesting I, I think to read his he stuff. He may well have a somebody helping him out on but, this. But you know, I saw a picture of this the other day. The whole expansive. In fact, I'm looking at it now. It's beautiful. It is nice out there. I, I haven't been there for a long time. And you know but, what people are saying? It's like, just stop the influx of, shall we say, people. But, but you know, but, but the, the question... Uh, uh, I'm sorry to get boring about this, Go but on. the question in the North East New Territories... Guess what? It's about the property developers. That's essentially what it's about. Well, that is what and Chris I know, said. And I know that's something we've never heard of in Hong Kong, so I'm introducing a new and completely unknown element into the equation. Yeah. But it is all about freeing up um, land and um, not only for, for disposal dumps but for property development by CY Lung's best friends and they have to be okay, they have to be catered for. I, I, I don't have a single problem with that. Oh, it's that well, simple. Really, not a single it? problem. Not a single problem. <laughs> no, but Chris, Chris actually pointed out, he said these guys shoot themselves in the foot because they rattle their sabres and then they take the big bag of cash at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. He's talking about, this is why I say it's... The a, old school. He, no, he's talking about the protesters. He's not talking about the developers. Oh, I realise. No, yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking about the protesters yeah. too. Well, I don't think that the majority of this particular group of protesters is... Is that old mob oh, well. who who are who are waiting for a handout at the end of the day and are just upping the odds, yeah, so that the payout will be bigger? I might be wrong, but I I rather suspect that I'm not wrong on this 